welcome to episode 93 of the Towel Light Talk podcast. This is Casey. And this is Chris. We are going to get into some news, right? As usual. Yeah. Well, the last episode we talked just pretty much about Han Solo. That's um, news to me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we, we got a lot. This has been a chunky week, um, especially if you're a movie <laughs> oh. fan. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I mean, this... The truth is, some of these some of these news articles are a little bit old, guys, um, but they are worth talking about to us. And as usual, we've been talking to you about the the news headlines that matter to us in the towel light world. So, um, yeah. So don't 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 get upset about us talking about something that came out a week and a half ago, because this is the geekly world, and we need to say something about it. Yeah, and um, as usual, a lot of the news is dropped to on don'tforgettotell.com, so check that out for all things geekly or on socials. You know, We'll talk about it again, but just so you know. Um, real quick piece of housekeeping. Uh, we're still looking for writers um, to join the Towelite Nation, so if it's something that is of interest to you, Maybe you want to be on a podcast. Maybe you want to do toy reviews. Maybe you want to do video games. Maybe you want to cover conventions. Whatever it is that's out there in the geekly world, uh, reach out to us. Don't forget to tell one at gmail.com or on our Facebook or whatever. Um, we'd like to talk to you about joining and uh, becoming a, a content creator um, for the website. It's going to be six years in July, so we we do have some we're, we're established, I guess. <laughs> I would say so. We're kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a kind of a small to medium deal out hey. there in the geeky world. Hey, big deal. How about we talk about some news? <laughs> exactly. All right. So first thing up, uh, we got Valiant News. We got a little bit of uh, Bloodshot stuff going on. Um, a little bit more about what's going to be happening in this movie. So starring Vin Diesel, as you know, um, he's going to be actually playing Angelo Martali who is a, a killer for the mob who ends up getting framed for murder, going into witness protection, and then Project Rising Tide um, injects these tiny nanites into his body, which then turns him into Bloodshot, um, which is the 90s version. Um, it's not the updated version that we've seen in Bloodshot Riverborn, um, but that's okay because it still works. It's still a cool idea. Um, but... We also have learned uh, that there's going to be two possible villains in this movie. Um, one of them is going to be uh, part of the Harbinger Resistance, um, who can, like, kind of, uh, he uses the Manowar armor and the Nanites. Sorry, it's Project Rising Spirit. Rising Tide is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> just forgot as soon as i said it i was like that doesn't sound right yeah rising <laughs> spirit um but anywho he's on a mission to try to kill uh bloodshot and take his his nanites from him um so that's that's one of them and then uh kind of i don't i don't know it's 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 different because like this character is from the 90s um Stealing the exo suit as we know it, it comes down from space and attaches uh, itself to. Um, gosh, who's exo's person? Eric. Is it Eric? Thought so. I thought Eric was the Eternal Warrior. 
you know? <laughs> You're supposed to know this. As, as big of Valiant fans as we are, we're okay, so we're recording this early in the morning, so please. Yeah, okay, so it is Eric. That's right, because Galad is Eric Eternal Warrior. Garcia. Yes, yeah. Um, anywho, so you wouldn't, in the now interpretations, you wouldn't have the exosuit just be able to get taken by a, a government, but it's interesting. The, I'll be honest with you. When I read all this stuff, the plot seems very nineties mm-hmm. and seems very like, uh, you know, like uh, he's going to have, it feels like it's going to end up being like a really cool movie that ends with a really stupid fight at the end with two CGI characters, which is exactly what I don't want. And I don't want to, you know, I'm going to remain positive because Dinesh, is uh, EP on this movie, executive producer, and he's done nothing but great things since he took over um, Valiant in 2010, I think, 2012. 2012. Um, but this just sounds kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised by this, uh, especially since they do have that, you know, six years now of uh, really kick-ass literature that they've of been Jeff doing. Lemire. That's, yeah... Um, I will, you know, I just, I don't get it. Uh, you know, Eric Hesser will, you know, he's been writing for Valiant and also he's doing this, this, this script. So, I mean, you know what, like you said, you got to stay positive and, and really see, see first, you know, see what comes out of like the teases, see what comes out of the behind the scenes, see, you know, and then see the movie and, right. and, then, and then judge it. Because the minute that we all start talking shit about it, it becomes that toxic fandom, so which we'll talk about later in the episode. But you know what? Let's keep a like you said. Let's keep a positive thought about it, and maybe it'll really just tie in all of Valiant's history into this, you know, into these movies, and kind of give all the fans a little treat, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, you you said it first. Like, let's just remain positive. So. Um, all right, so Marvel news. Oh no, I I did add something. I'll, oh, let me let me talk about it. Um, okay, because I have brought up. Oh right, right. yes, please talk. Yeah, about yeah, this is big. Um, that is big. Yeah. You and I were just talking the other day uh, about the future of Valiant after Bloodshot um, Salvation number twelve, which is the end of that series. And usually they have a big initiative towards the end of the year. So this year it's they just revealed the other day it's called. Valiant Beyond. Uh, so it's going to feature four new new series uh, spinning right out of Harbinger Wars 2. Uh, starting with... Uh, I'm not starting with, but uh, the fourth series will be... Uh, the first is going to be a new Faith one called Faith Dreamside. The second is Bloodshot Rising Spirit number... Uh, blah, blah, uh, Livewire and Incursion. Um, so... Cool. Uh, a question about is Jeff Lemire going to be attached to Bloodshot again? He's not. Uh, so yeah. it's kind of interesting to see where Lemire is going to be these days. Uh, he is back on DC on the Trifix right now, uh, kind of co writing that. I don't really know what his status is, so I'd like to know. Inquiry Minds would like to know Jeff Lemire. Uh, so it seems like a lot of this is going to be dealing with the dream side. So who knows what's going to happen uh, because it looks like faith has something to do with it. Um, and then also in, in Kurt, Oh, I'm sorry. Dead side. Never mind. 
Yeah. 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 Dreamside. I don't. I guess maybe that's a heaven. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> something wacky is going to happen, and yeah. we're going to see the heavens open up. But um, we'll see what happens. These yeah. all look good. I'm excited for a Livewire series. To be honest with you, um, so that's a long overdue situation. Um, she's a she's a fun character. I like when she shows up, uh, you know, as part of Unity or whatever. What's happening, Harbinger? I need to catch up. I'm I'm pretty much caught up on my Ninjack, um, my Shadow Man, my Bloodshot. I am a couple behind. And then, you know, I, but I, I gotta go, I didn't read generation zero. And I heard that was like Ooh. insane. You gotta read that before HW2. That's why, that's why I haven't read that yet. Harbinger Wars 2, which is supposed to be insane as well. So yeah, wait, don't read that until you read the, the other ones I told you about that yep. lead directly to it. Cause it's a lot of the fallout from that leads to the war, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other, just one last thing about this lineup, Andy Diggle is on another title. Uh, now nice. it's going to be the incur. It's called Incursion. That's right. Uh, which is going to deal with the dead side. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I love the dead side, man. Yeah. I, I I like. Have you? This new Shadow Man's been good in it. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Ninjak. He's like always going in the dead side and getting into trouble. And I love Punk Mambo. She's like one of my favorite characters. So they've been doing some good stuff with the with the Loas <laughs> and all that weird voodoo world. Um, yeah, man, it's it's as we always say: read Valiant and read your comics. You want to know where these movies come from? Read your comics, people. Um, speaking of more comics, we're going to Marvel. Uh, Woody Harrelson rumored as Carnage. Um, I love Woody Harrelson. Thought he did a good job as Beckett. I think he does a good job in almost everything he does. This bit of casting. Um, is not exactly what I wanted, but neither is Tom Hardy as Venom or as Eddie Brock. So this movie, I don't know what to even think about this, but what do you think about this casting? Dude, hasn't Woody Harrelson's name been attached to Cletus Cassidy for like since the 90s, since like Wizard Magazine, since he was a natural born killers. I'm pretty sure that he was part of those wizard casting calls at one point as that mm-hmm. character. So I don't think Woody Harrelson looks any older, you know, than he did 10 years ago. Um, his, his acting chops have definitely, uh, not his chops. I mean, just his presence and as, you know, the, the realization that he's a great actor and has spread right. genre of movies. So, you know what? I don't really care. If they're going to put a good actor like Woody Harrelson into this movie, go for it. Um, save it, hopefully. Because at this point, I still don't give a shit. Yeah, same. Um, speaking of not giving a shit, neither does uh, Sony. Uh, uh, I mean, this is expected. This is, uh, Sony is the worst studio of all time. Um, they have said that the, the Silver and Black movie has been removed from the schedule. Now, can you tell me, because you wrote this one, yeah, I just got news from what I read was that the writer directors they had to completely rewrite the script. Is that why they removed it from this from the schedule? <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't hear that. Uh, okay, I just heard it was going to be removed from the schedule. Um, 
The other thing that people are saying, it's heading back into development. Sony to find a new date. You know what, man? This is like the Gambit movie. I mean, once it goes off a schedule, this movie didn't exist to me in the first place. So really, I don't care. Um, but, yeah. I mean, come on. This removed from the schedule, back in the development. This movie needs so much development that it probably never see the light of day, to be honest with you. Uh, so just just give it up, Sony. You know? Yeah. No one cares about these characters. No one cares no. about this movie. This is, um, this is in the 90s, man. This is in the 90s, it probably still wouldn't have done good. <laughs> we saw what female-driven movies were in the 90s. Electra, yeah. uh, Catwoman. So, yeah. Um, so, Iron Fist is moving up to December from next year. So, uh, what's his name? Jeff Loeb loves it. Well, okay. Does it say December? Yeah. It went from it. The big surprise was that there'll be four. That's what I thought. Series this year, and that's okay. that's insane. I guess I guess Iron Fist was January or March or something. Anyhow, right. so yep. it was early 2019. But it it like blew Jeff Loeb's socks off so much that, which is positive to me to a certain extent. And then I think about all the other shit that Marvel puts on TV. So. Um, kind of brought me down on that end of it, but a little bit more positive th- thoughts going into this one, I hope. But uh, they have a lot to make up for. I mean, you and I are of the same mindset. I think that we'd rather just see a Heroes for Hire show. Just combine Luke Cage and Iron Fist together. Not to say that either one of those characters can't carry their own show, but they just don't need to. Like, there's so many other characters that can have their own show. Blade, Moon Knight, uh, Ghost Rider. You know what I mean? Like, the the Dark Sides, um, or the Midnight Suns, rather. Like, could have all their own shows. And it's like, just put those two, put them together. And then bring in another show, is my opinion. But Yeah, I mean, when I think about Iron Fist, and I remember getting excited and reading that first arc and that first story and it's really stupid and cheesy and it's like the new one the old one the very the very first like appearance of iron fist and how they kind of treated the show in that aspect it was very it's similar to that that arc it's not similar to that arc but it 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 doesn't impress me i mean hopefully they can kind of do and just fast forward steal some steal some stories from some good stuff from Matt Fraction. Yep. And just do that like they should have in the first place. Establish him as a kung fu character instead of a street character. You know, it's like... Yes. Yeah. And hopefully that's exact. Like, we haven't seen anything from this except for, like, like them in the street or whatever, you know? So it's like... This, this is... You know, after we saw the first season and then the Defenders even shit more, you just go to Kunlun. Yep. Just just do that tournament of the of the different realms and it and I, I get it. It's not street level and it's not in the budget probably, but in my opinion, it just really doesn't need to spend too much time in New York because it's too much. You know what? But, I don't want to hear the word budget when it comes to Marvel. It's it's like you just you got two of the most the highest grossing movies of all time this year. And you can't raise your TV budget to make your fans happy, especially on Netflix. 
you know what? If you can't do it, then you might as well quit now because it's just you're pissing your fans off. Okay. I, I, I actually can't agree or disagree with that. That's a good thing. That's the truth, man. I mean, Marvel has more money than 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 God right now. So it's like... <laughs> well, Disney does, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I'm just going to say this before I get into the comic book thing. Cause, so on staying on TV, just we haven't watched it yet, but the Cloak & Dagger premiere on Freeform uh, was yesterday, June 8th. We're um, recording this on June 9th. So um, I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, looks absolutely. really good, and the reviews for that first episode have been good. So I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I almost stayed up last night for it, but then I had this early morning podcast to get ready for. So Yeah, yes, indeed. That would have um, been getting ready for it, though. <laughs> um, and then, to no one's shock or chagrin, um, Wolverine is coming in September. Uh, the man who killed him is bringing him back, Charles Soule and Steve McNiven on art. Um, uh, I guess there's his claws are going to be able to heat up. Um, and the thing that I read that I thought was interesting because I, I am not reading Marvel right now, no. um, but I, apparently he's been putting clues in you know, as to how Wolverine comes back and it's like a puzzle piece that all comes together. And I thought that that was a really cool way of explaining it and maybe how he does it, but I don't know. I mean, comic book characters never die. You say that all the time. Um, are you excited for this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy the first issue and then I'll read it after that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. Uh, I, I do believe that Charles Soule is the best thing Marvel has going for them. And Steve McNiven is one of my favorite artists and Wolverine artists. Old man Logan. Exactly. I mean, it's it's hard. It's a hard formula not to swallow. Uh, I really do want to read this Hunt for Wolverine, so I'm probably going to read that online and see what happens and see yeah. if I'm excited about what's happening. Uh, you know, like, you know, Death of and Return of is such a it's such a comic thing, so I just doesn't doesn't really work on me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm still excited to see Wolverine return. Absolutely, however that happens. Yeah. All right, take us on to DC. DC. All right. So, uh, not too long ago, the Birds of Prey movie was announced to be happening, and it was in the way the it was kind of circling around Margot's Margot Robbie's return as Harley Quinn. And we were kind of speculating on what kind of movie this would be without the actual birds of prey. Uh, but with a Batgirl movie in development, uh, there's no way that they wouldn't tie this in. And there's no way. I don't think that DC at this point would really kind of screw with, with their for with their formula and the real characters. So uh, rumor does have it and it's, more than rumors, I guess, at this point, but it will probably feature Black Canary and Huntress. Both names are fl- floating around, and the new Batgirl, and they'll probably be battling the Penguin. That's that's the news that's coming out of left field lately. So, gives me a little hope about this movie. I don't think that DC is going to try anything extreme like they <laughs> like they have in the past. So, play it safe, guys. Sure. Uh, this is unfortunate 
very unfortunate, guilty until proven innocent over at DC. Um, it's, yeah. And it's just the track record for yep. me. Yep. So, yeah, it's not even being, it's not even being negative about it. It's just like, we gave them a chance and then they crapped, they crapped all over my justice league. So you guys got to, you guys got to reboot your, your, your movie, your movie franchise. Cause not reboot it, reboot, but reboot it in my face, uh, in my mind, because uh, this next piece of news is garbage. Um, but let me just finish this. I want to see a big screen birds of prey. I think that, you know, strong women characters are important these days. They're some of the greatest. They are to me, um, especially the Gail Simone run, uh, all that, all that stuff. Birds of prey are kick ass, you know, characters. And that's, I just want them to do them justice on the big screen. That's all. That's all. I do. I just, again, it's like when bat Batman gets thrown into every one of these animated movies and it's not bad. I, I like them, but it's still, it's like you're shoehorning Harley Quinn into a birds of prey movie. If you're going to do that, it should have been Gotham city sirens. It should be Harley. Uh, what's her name? Poison Ivy Catwoman. Like that should have been the movie. Um, and then introduce birds of prey into that movie. It, exactly. Exactly. Calling it birds of prey and making a Harley Quinn movie that doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, the penguin cool. If you, I'm so like torn on these DC movies because it's like, give me my Batman. And if you go and introduce all these characters and it is a shared Batman universe of films, I'm in because what you're about to talk about too, like I'm in, but I just, I just don't know how it's going to work, you know, like uh, Aqua then, and then how does Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Shazam and like all these fringe, you know, where's man of steel F and two, you know, it's just, uh, sorry. It's okay. I, you know what? They, I think they went too macro at first instead of going micro like Marvel did. And I think the way that Marvel went micro is important because they didn't. They didn't develop their characters enough for DC, uh, and we've talked about this time and time again. But the main point of this is that yes, I would rather see you go do these fringe characters on their own and don't even tie them in anything. Make good movies about these these epic old old school characters that have been around for decades and decades. Um, you know, don't run them through the ground and 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 try to do your own thing with them. Just do the right thing and take these stories. So. Um, when you say this thing about a bat, like Batman, um, I feel like Batman should be the thread that ties everything together. We have a decent Batman introduced into this world already, and like the way they tied him into Suicide Squad was decent, and I like that. Um, yeah. So yes, we do do deserve a Batman movie, but at the same time, take this strong Batman character that you finally have, and tie these other movies together with it. And I don't mind that. Um, Create that world, like you said. Uh, the next bit of news is, was really surprising to me in a way. Um, and this goes to this whole Harley Quinn thing. Is is Harley Quinn a thread? I don't think so. Uh, but she's definitely being bounced around all these different movies because how does she not show up in a, in a Jared Leto Joker movie, which they just announced this week? Now, they're saying this is the third Joker film to be announced. The DC has three Joker films in production? 
No, just two. Unless Jeez. it's, I guess, three if you say Harley and Joker movie. Maybe that's it. Jared Leto Joker movie, which seems like it would be the Harley and Joker movie. And then the quote-unquote Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips directed um, Joker origin movie. Um, so, yeah, I guess that would be the three. But, you know, Harley's going to show up in this one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, if you even do it because you can't just you're throwing titles out like every other week there's a new uh warner brothers dc movie getting announced and you know we haven't seen anything go into production we've seen zero things go into production right now you have aquaman you have shazam and you you probably have wonder woman too and that's it so they can say what they want all day long but until we start seeing some set photos of these things i don't believe anything exists personally no, I don't even think the Batman exists <laughs> until I start seeing Ben Affleck on set. I don't believe it. Like, how long does it take to write this script, man? Like, you've been uh, Matt Reeves has been announced for a year, and you're telling me you can't go into production in a year on a Batman movie? I'm sorry, I just don't believe any of this stuff. I guarantee that if we don't hear something about that by Comic Con, Matt Reeves is off that film. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, at this year's Comic-Con because Warner Brothers said that they have, I think they actually said that they're going to announce a slate, but they announced the slate six years ago and it included Cyborg and included Green Lantern. It included Flash and we haven't seen them. So again, even if they announce it, I don't believe it. Even if you bring Channing Tatum out as part of the Fox universe, it doesn't mean you're getting a Gambit film. So it's just, I'm sorry until I see Production photos. I do not believe anything that comes out of Warner Brothers. Actually, I don't believe anything that comes out of anything except for for Marvel. That's it. And Marvel only. Marvel. Not even Marvel's, Star Wars. Marvel. Only. Marvel's a red herring half the time, anyhow. So Marvel's the only ones who, with the exception of Inhumans, has stuck to everything that they've said. So they're the only ones that I believe at this point. If they say we're going to see. Uh, uh, Namor movie. I'm gonna believe them because I have no reason not to. You can't even I say don't. you can't even say that about Inhumans because regardless, they still came out with Inhumans. Correct, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean exactly, but it's still it's they still made it, which is like it's like DC treading water with everything else. They can't even get like they say, oh, we're gonna make a Flashpoint movie. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, and. And always more positive DC news. Um, I, you know, I haven't finished my shows this year yet. Uh, are they on Netflix? The our CWDC shows? They're all on there now. Yeah, because I'm actually catching up on Riverdale right now. Okay, cool. I gotta do yeah, all, all there. I gotta do all. Well, they're all there except for Supergirl, which is still on. Till one Monday. No, I was watching it last night, and it said there's oh, two more episodes. Right. It goes. Yeah, it went deep in the June, didn't it? Yep. Because of its, uh, that's funny. That's cool. All right. So apparently, uh, Wally West will be leaving the shows. You wrote this one. Yeah. Um, I heard this news, but I'm not sure. I knew he was going to Legends, um, but I didn't know that he was going to be leaving, period. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and, and here's the thing about that. 
the CW seems to take care of these actors um, and and really care about them. So, for example, like we know that Roy um, will be back. I think he's actually going to be added as a series regular for Arrow. And, you know, he went off to X-Files. So CWDC, they seem to care about these actors so that even if they go and they decide to go do a movie or a TV show or whatever, I don't think that Wally's gone forever. Um, it's just that he's not going to be a regular on Legends or Flash. So go off, do what you need to do. And then when you're ready to collect a paycheck again, come back to the CW. <laughs> Just like um, Roy Harper. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What do you uh, think? Commercials? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Commercials. There the bug is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi, over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Hi, I'm Chris... And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! First announced as a Hulu series. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, artist by Gabriel Rodriguez, written by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Um, one of the best. It is an incredible comic book. Wait, run. Did you say Stephen King's son? Yeah, it's Joe Hill. That's who Joe Hill is. I know. Yeah, you didn't know. That? <laughs> wow, I learned something. Every day on Charlie Talk. That's it. Yeah, he wrote Horns and um, Nosferatu, and uh, I'm trying to think of what else has recently come out. But Joe, anyways, he's a good writer. Wow. I mean, obviously, you learn from his his pops. But uh, yeah, I think he wanted to use his mom's name because didn't want to be didn't want everyone just to be like, oh, Stephen King's son, but. I don't know what you're supposed to do. You are Stephen King's son, so you might as well just take his freaking name, but whatever. <laughs> I don't really want to read Lock and Key now. I've always wanted to. But. It, so I suggest this. If you want to get into Lock and Key, listen to the audio series, which is what I did. 
um, which was it was from Audible, um, and it was in it was insane. It was so good, very high production, and um, I'm not going to go into details about what the thing is, but I am excited that it's going to go to Netflix on Hulu. Um, sure, fine, whatever, but Netflix will give it the budget that it needs because there's some seriously supernatural shit that happens throughout that comic and it will be, it'll be good. And it could be a very good series. It could last for a long time. So yeah, I'm excited. All right. Um, Shira is going to Netflix, uh, which we talked about, but we have a date, which is August 1st. Shira and the princesses of power. Interesting. Um, Saw the character list not too long ago. A lot of characters from the original, thankfully. Uh, so we'll see how they treat this in a world that has not established the He-Man yet. So we'll see how this goes. Maybe this will lead to bigger things. Yeah, maybe a spinoff He-Man series, possibly. Hopefully. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Venture Brothers coming back this summer. Um, you know, Venture Brothers is a show that yeah, like I I need to catch up. It's like Archer. Like I've watched it, I haven't finished it, but everything I watch is absolutely genius and it makes me go, why haven't you finished this series? Yeah. Well, it's because you want to, you know, always have it there. Yeah. You always enjoy it. And I will. Um so yeah, that's good. It's coming back. Uh also cartoon news, new Flintstones and Scooby Doo coming back. Hey, what's old is new again, apparently, these days. So, uh, since nobody has any new ideas or creative juices flowing, they want to just, you know, tap what's worked in the past as usual. So, yeah, I'm so the thing, the Scooby Doo thing, the Scooby Doo hasn't left. So, like, that doesn't appeal. Not that it doesn't appeal to me, but it has, literally has not left ever. So, like, they just did the Scooby Natural. Like, Scooby-Doo has been in pop culture zeitgeist since it was created. And um, Flintstones is interesting because the last time we saw those was on DC Comics. Yeah. Um, but I have heard rumblings that there's going to be more Hanna-Barbera stuff. Like, this is the beginning. This is them getting their feet wet. We might be seeing some Jetsons and Herculoids and some other stuff. So, uh, that's... Captain Caveman, that's interesting to me. Shared universe, buddy. No reason not to, yeah. So um, that's cool. You know, I liked the Flintstones when I was a kid, and I, like I said, I continued to like Scooby-Doo because it's really never gone. But um, so this next piece of news is very interesting. Uh, we knew that there was going to be a Game of Thrones prequel um, and possibly a bunch of other offshoots, but... We get a little bit of news that this prequel will be set thousands of years uh, before the events we see in Game of Thrones. We're going to get the golden age of heroes and the true origin of the White Walkers. Awesome. I um, Where am I right now? Middle of season seven? Yeah. Taking my time finishing up that season before the new one comes out. Final season. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not against more Game of Thrones on HBO. You know, I love nope. I I love fantasy, and I would love to see what comes before all this because it's going to be even more like 
insane, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Golden Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of people gave a lot of shit to this latest season because it steps most away from what I, George R. R. What? I don't, you do not put any spoilers into it for me, please. All I'm saying is that it okay. steps away from what he wrote and Benioff and Weiss did their own thing. They've been doing that since season five. Six. Six. Right? But they five still... last real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it hasn't been... But like this one was like the most... I thought, I thought Martin was like, this is what, this is what you're going to do. Yes. That's it. And that's what but, they do. And they take a little liberties and then... George R. R. Martin never writes the books, or that he just writes the adaptations of the HBO show and gets on with it. You know, so I don't. You know, I I'm sorry to interrupt you on that, but my opinion on all this is that at this point, yeah, Martin may just be like, yeah, this is what happens. But you know what? You couldn't go and write these books in a timely fashion. So um, I don't even know what diverging from what you know he meant to wrote right or whatever wanted the right even means anymore. You know, it's just like, this is, uh, I don't read the books, but you know, fans of the books are frustrated at the same time. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, a li- I actually, I'm not even going to go down that road. All I'll say is that that season to me was very good. I didn't read the books. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say, but what I was going to say is, I like this idea that it doesn't have to do anything with what's happening now. And it doesn't have to be a bunch of different families. It can literally just be straight up fantasy. Mm -hmm. And to me, that idea is even more exciting because if it's done right, it could be even a better series. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of what, I mean, I like the low, the low times in those shows and the politics, but like say my wife, she doesn't like that. So it bores her. So, you know, if you want to get away from that aspect of the show and get more into heavy fantasy, you probably gain a lot more fans. Yeah, that excites me. Um, Just real quick, Stranger Things is getting a prequel book next year, which will explore Eleven's mom and uh, that facility there. Eleven's mom has got it going on. That's it. I think that's actually the name of the book. I think so. I I heard that. <laughs> More Stranger Things. Um, Can't go wrong. On a personal level, uh, for me, the His Dark Materials trilogy of books, though Book of Dust did come out last October, So, and there's some other stuff. But anyway, the trilogy is, to me, the best books that I've ever read. Um, and they are going to change that. They already tried to do it a, a, as a movie with The Golden Compass, which was very okay. It wasn't horrible. It was okay. Um, That's what that is? Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, and now they're going to do a BBC series based off the books, um, and they've added uh, James McAvoy and Clark Peters uh, to the cast. James McAvoy has taken over the role that Craig uh, Daniel Craig did in the movie. So the thing about the movie was like, with often trying to adapt movies into or books into movies is that there's so much and you can only have so much time. So this series will be able to really go deep into this mythology. Um, 
I don't know. Like I said, they're, they're the best books that I've ever read. Um, and I'm sorry, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and everything else, because it, it just, it just spoke to me on a deeper level. So I'm very excited to, uh, to get back into that world in a new way. Yes, sir. BBC. Uh, okay, movie news. The Crail, ugh, the Crail, the Fail, the Crow fails again. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. flailing, the flailing crow. Yeah, uh, the movie's getting stunted again. To me, I'll tell you what, I don't need to see another crow personally, so I don't really care. Like, I like the first movie. and stands up. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, don't go back and remake movies that don't need to be remade. I'm sorry. It's like you don't tatter, you know, whatever. You know what I'm going to say. It just, I, did you see that, uh, that photo they sent out with Jason Momoa and the crow makeup? No. Yeah. The director tweeted it or whatever and kind of as a farewell after, uh, the, the movie fell apart. This is yeah. what you could have had. You looked all right. It's fine. I just, again, I just don't care. Like, it's it's not one of those, like, to me, it's not like a beloved property that needs to see the light of day again. Do I think that they could do it better now? Yeah, I do. But I just, I have it. I like it. I don't need to see another one. Could they do it better? I, I don't know what, I don't know. That 90s, that, I don't know, that tone... And that soundtrack and all that, you can't. I don't think you can beat that. Sorry. I don't. I mean, has there been a remake to me that was better than the original? I can count probably on one hand uh, where it has worked. So, like, Little Shop of Horrors, for sure. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry. I think that new one is way better than the original. Absolutely. (laughs) And people think that the original one is untouchable so i just i can't say a hundred percent that they can't do it better i just know that i don't care don't try to fix what's not broken yeah also true uh earlier this week tom cruise tweeted that he is uh ready to go back to the danger zone uh for the top gun uh sequel and val kilmer is rumored to be returning as well um I'll be honest with you, this excites me because I think instead of doing um, reboots, you can do naturally fitting sequels. Like the Ghostbusters movie, in my opinion, it wasn't the women that brought down the movie. It was the fact that they completely disconnected from the original movies instead of just making it a natural sequel. Like, oh, ghosts have been gone for 30 years. Oh, now they return. Oh, these girls study the Ghostbusters. Oh, here we go. That movie would have made a lot of money, and people would have loved it, and they would have made sequels out of it. Um, So making a sequel to Top Gun, to me, goes, okay. You know, maybe Maverick goes and teaches some new pilots, and then those pilots go on to the sequels and blah, 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 blah. It makes sense. If the characters are still alive and the actors are willing to return to these franchises, let them do a sequel. Biggest case in point, Cobra Kai. (laughs) Genius. Genius. They came up with the term passing of the torch for a reason. And I think that kind of stuff works so much better for nostalgia and, you know, just 
giving the fans what they want. When you go and do something like Ghostbusters, like you said, and you kind of poop on the fans' dreams by not even like paying. Yeah, you put the actors in, but they don't even play their own part. You know, that's insulting. It is. It is. And if I was one of those actors, other than for a paycheck, I would have been like, no, I'm not coming back. This is this is a dumb idea. Um, but anyway, I'm excited to see uh, Val Kilmer. And <laughs> Kenny Loggins is going to return to write a new Danger Zone song or like yeah. a new theme song. He's going to write the, like the second part, the Danger Zone, which Archer will be very excited about. Um, speaking of Archer earlier. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to go down a little quick tangent. If you guys watch on YouTube, there's a show called uh, Hall's House, uh, which is Daryl Hall from Hall and & Oates. And he invites different musicians over to his house. They play some Hall & Oates songs and they play that other person, like the people, songs, whatever. Kenny Loggins comes on to Hall's house and he looks <laughs> good. He looks good. He sounds good. So, and I remember seeing that and going, oh man, where's Kenny Loggins been? This dude could still be collecting paychecks and writing original songs. So this, this excites me. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, the Adams family are coming back. I haven't seen them in a long time. Uh, they're coming back in animated form. Um, I think, I can't remember who's playing Morticia. It's not Angelica Houston voicing the character, but regardless, it's an animated movie. It looks a little bit like Coraline-esque, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas-esque, as it should be. Um, You know, with Hotel Transylvania, still a franchise that's going strong. Those movies actually are good, in my opinion. So I like seeing these creepy things uh, come back. I have uh, Oscar Isaac's in it, Charlize Theron. Oh, that's right. She's Morticia. Yeah, that's right. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things are all in it. He's Pugsley, yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, I've always loved the Addams Family. I love those movies, and I love the TV show, so I'm glad. Yeah. This is kind of crazy. Um, is, before you even go into this, this... and Actually, I'm going to put this later. I don't get this. <laughs> I'm no, putting this, this... Yeah. Move this down after our... Uh, our other talk. And we yeah, we're going we're gonna to save it, guys. Okay, we're going to talk about all the trailers that have come out real quick because there's yeah. not a lot of them. Yeah, it's like it's like the world, like this world of trailers opened up above us and spewed it into, a, into our reality. Lego movie, I'm just gonna, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to name off all the trailers and you just get a quick run through what you think. Okay. Lego Movie 2, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Bumblebee, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Enter the Spider-Verse, Predator, Halloween. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lego Movie 2, inevitable <laughs> and needed. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. It's closing out the franchise that's been very popular, including a Netflix TV show that, that kids love. Uh, Bumblebee, an unneeded origin movie for a franchise that's going nowhere. And something we didn't mention lately is that the fact that Transformers has been removed from the slate at Paramount, uh, the next Transformers sequel. So I don't know what this is, what their plans are in the future, but we'll see. Bumblebee gets rickrolled in the light in, in its in, in its first debut trailer. Um, Wreck It Ralph two. I was very excited by the first trailer. Uh, this this one makes it look even more insane, and you know. I love that first movie, and I 
I'm really excited for this one. Enter the Spider-Verse is doing something that is something that Marvel has not done yet. And I think it's really smart. The uh, Miles Morales uh, approach is, is intelligent. And the animated approach is, is extremely intelligent. Uh, so very cool. Uh, we got a Predator TV spot last night. I was watching NBA Finals. Uh, in comparison to this original trailer, it's it's completely different. And we can talk about that in a little bit. And and I want to talk about the Halloween trailer a little bit more as well. So why don't you run through those first ones, and then we'll talk about the other two. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I will. So Lego movie to, like, whatever. I'm on board. The first one was great. I'm on board. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Up the CGI again. They did a good job of that. Sounds like John Powell's back on the soundtrack. Um, just killed it over on Han Solo. So that I'm excited about. I, I love that world, to be honest with you. I like the show. I like the movies. I'm I'm pumped. Uh, Bumblebee, the trailer did nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. It takes place in the 80s. I thought it was going to be a little bit more 80s, but it really just looked like another Transformers movie, but with two actual sentient robots in disguise instead of like 40 so i just i didn't care uh record ralph 2 i i thought the first trailer was good i thought the second trailer was amazing i it lays into the fact that disney owns a lot of properties <laughs> and mixing in star wars marvel and disney all in one movie is crazy very very smart way to handle it enter <clears throat> the spider-verse I have some trepidations as a Spider-Man fan, but overall, but in the the trailer was a very, very good trailer. But what got me more than anything else is that animation looks 3D without putting on 3D glasses. And that to me is, and they've been talking about that in Hollywood for a long time, about how they're going to make 3D things without glasses. And I actually recently went to this Nickel City Comic Con and there was video games that were 3D without wearing 3D glasses. And if that is the way they introduce this technology in this movie, fucking A. <laughs> Try not to. I know this is a PG-13 podcast, but holy cow, that's insane. First off, we're allowed to say one F-bomb per episode. That was it. Uh, so the technology has been kind of around since 3DS tried it out, too. Remember that. Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they can apply that to the big screen. I do enjoy not wearing goggles if possible, as does my wife. Uh, yeah. So let's 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 get past that. And you know, I the thing I always appreciate about 3D, at least even with the ones they just adapt to, um, is the depth it gives you in the screen. Um, but with animation, it's totally different because you can push it so much more. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with this. Yeah. Plus the, as my wife said, she was like, this looks like a comic book. Like yeah. the, like when they put in like the comic book panels and like, he's walking down the street and they put in the little comic book lettering. I was like, this is, this may be a living comic in a way that we've never seen before. So I'm, I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little trepidatious because the spider verse to me, is a lot to throw at the general audience. Like, 
Gwen Stacy. When did we last hear that? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wait, didn't she die? Like, wait, why is she a spider? Uh, like, there's, you know, and maybe that's just my geekness projecting because maybe the general audience doesn't know, doesn't care, and just just watches it and lets it unfold. But as me, as a comic book, especially Spider-Man fan, I'm like, there's a lot to 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 unpack in this, and it's going to be curious how they how they handle that. Absolutely. But Chris Lord, Phil Miller, um, again, they did Lego Spider-Man 2. They did this movie. That's cool. Um, all right, so let's get into this Predator thing real quick. This was the trailer that needed to come out. Even though it's a teaser, it's a minute, they should have done this and not even did that original one because so many people complain, oh, there's a little kid in it. Oh, my God, it's like Halloween. Oh, my God, it's stupid. This is a Predator movie. <laughs> Like in every sense of the word, it's got a little bit of Shane Blackisms in there, but it's got predator fighting humans <laughs> and an Uber predator apparently. So I I didn't like the Uber predator being CGI. Not a fan of that when you already know that the predator is in a suit and that predator that's throughout the movie is in a suit. That's my only. Uh, but that trailer looks insane. Less Olivia Munn, more Predator. Yeah, Olivia Munn's face is everywhere these days. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. What am I going to say about this giant predator? The size of him, I guess, makes it kind of hard to do practical effects, but at the same time, no. Uh, you can pull it off. At the same time, it really got me kind of excited for this movie. Seeing that. So, oh, yeah. I, let's, I'm going to save my trepidations on that one until I uh, watch the movie, because I'm excited for it now. Well, this, you know, you and I were going to go see a Predator movie day oh, one yeah. anyways. Absolutely. You know, we got, uh, I'm just looking over at my my entire Predator book collection, my Machiko toy over here. Like, I'm going to see a Predator movie. But the first trailer was like, an okay trailer. Didn't really do it for me. This was like, oh my God, you yeah. did it. Finally. Um, yeah, I mean, so, my, next, my next unboxing is Predator heavy. So it's going to be... Uh... To be good. Well, now my next unboxing is that Joker toy, which yeah. I mean, well, yeah. unboxing today or tomorrow. Yeah. Did you get it? Oh yeah. What the heck yeah. is my sitting in my house right now? Well, where yeah. did you order it from? Because I ordered it from Mesco. You can already order that one from, through Mesco. Oh, uh, well, so it okay. takes. It's supposed to be. It was going to take a week to ship from. Two okay. Days ago, so. Um. Okay, and then Halloween. So yeah. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the only reason why is because I do think that this trailer is good. It didn't like, it didn't get me as excited as the predator trailer did. And there's been some mishandlings of this franchise for a very long time. So I am excited. I really do want to see it. Um, I like that it's 60 years later or uh, 40 years later. I like that it completely, erases everything that happened past two, even though I like some of those movies, or sorry, past one. And I like some of those movies, but um, I have to remain cautiously optimistic. That being said, the final scene in that trailer is incredible. And my wife jumped when she watched it. And I was like, Ooh, that if you keep that throughout the whole movie, sweet. Yeah. They deliver a really good 
creep factor in this in this trailer, and I hope that they can translate that to the whole film. Yeah. Uh, I really do get that original John Carpenter Halloween feel when I watch this. Yes. So, and you know, I read a I read a uh, quote from Danny McBride about the approach they took with this with this movie and the way that it could you know how it kind of could go from here. They didn't you know to retcon years of sequels, including Halloween two, which is the most direct sequel. And actually I didn't, you know, it takes place that same night. I really thought they would keep it, um, but they're going to go direct sequel to Halloween. So that's cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, The idea here is that they wanted to get rid of all that, but also pay tribute to all those films. So you will see little Easter eggs here and there. He said from, from the sequels, just little mentions that longtime fans will will notice and will appreciate. But really, what they're doing is writing rewriting Michael Myers' story so that it can, you know, they can do their own thing with a clean slate. Basically, yeah, I don't blame them. No, um, you know, and I'll whatever I'll watch it. I hated those Rob Zombie movies. So, I'm, well, I'm, listen, I mean, this is the point too. He made he did make a good point about what Rob Zombie did and the difference between doing that and or going and making a sequel where you have to pay attention to all this garbage that came before. What Rob Zombie did was maybe we don't I don't agree with it. Maybe you don't like him. That's fine. But at least that was an artistic interpretation of Halloween instead of trying to make bozo sequels. Right. I, I've said this, I don't know if I've said it many times in the podcast, but just amongst friends and everything, I highly respect Rob Zombie. I think that yeah. he is a creative genius. I think that he really cares about horror and franchises and wants to pay homage and give respect. And the dude knows his stuff. He's a, he is a genius. Um, I personally just did not like the feel and the aesthetic and the style he shot it. I, I just, it just did not feel like Halloween. It felt like, uh, you know, those gross Southern people that he uses in all of his movies and yeah. people, I mean, these takes place in Illinois, but everyone has a Southern accent and like, he just looks gross and I don't, and bigger than anything. And I, and I think this of every one of these slashers, I do not need an origin to these people. I do not need to know a motivation. Why? Yes. With Freddie, I get it. He was a molester. The parents killed him and he vowed to come back and Simple. okay, that's fine. We get it. Jason, he was drowned and he has to make revenge because they killed his mom. Fine. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff I get, but I don't need more than that. They said it from the beginning that Michael Myers is pure evil. That's it. That's all I need. Like you said, you don't need it. The simple thing is, is you can do it during the during the lead into the movie, during the credit run at the beginning, whatever. It's it takes seconds to introduce the story that everybody has been familiar with for thirty something years, forty something years. Forty. It's exactly forty years. I'm sorry. First one did seventy eight. Seventy eight. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's insane to me that 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 people need to like be have these things explained to them after forty years. It's like. It's like if they rebooted Star Wars, they'd have to tell you the whole damn thing again, because nobody knows that story. <laughs> um, all right, so let's 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 go into this. So Matthew Vaughn, uh, director of Kick Ass, one of the writers of Secret Service, 
slash Kingsman comic, director of the Kingsman movies. He is looking to expand upon the Kick-Ass franchise um, as well as the Kingsman franchise. Let me just tell you everything before I say anything. So with Kick-Ass, um, we know in the comics there's a new uh, female Kick-Ass. So there would be another movie that would be centric on her. And then Hit Girl has also got her comment going on. So there'd be another movie specific to that. So let's talk about Kick-Ass first, then we'll talk about Kingsman. So what do you think of that? I, I'm cool with it. I just, I'm just confused on how this works with what Mark Millar is doing with Netflix. I just, I just feel like it's, it's as, as cool as it could be. And before you go into like explaining it um, further, let me just give my initial thought about it. It's just like, doesn't it seem like a lot to be doing with these characters when you're about to just, it, it would be confusing to, to new fans. I would, I would think maybe. So everything that I'm going to say about these two things, can the, the TLDR, the too long, don't read can be this mm. Fox owns kick-ass and Kingsman. Everything else is owned by Netflix in the Millar world. So that's what it is, is that everything else that is done. Now, the weird thing is Netflix could make a secret service something and not to call it Kingsman. They could do that. The same way that Wanted will always have that James McAvoy version, but the real version of Wanted has like some more crazy stuff that happens in it. And I hope to God we get a Wanted TV show at some point. Anyway, so Fox owns those properties and therefore Matthew Vaughn can do whatever he wants. Also, even though Millar World is owned by Netflix and Mark Millar is working with Netflix, I don't think that he's lost his creative power over at Fox. He still is a producer at Fox for his properties. So he can still help Matthew Vaughn do whatever he wants with those properties. So that's the TLDR of it. Um, I want to see more Hit hit Girl. I want to see more Kick-Ass. I thought that Chloe, whatever her name is, Moretz, I can't remember what her Yeah, I think it's Moretz. Um, I thought she did a really good job in the role, and I can see that character continuing to do stuff. So just in the kick-ass side of things, I'm in. I'm excited. I want to see it. I just want to see kick-ass animated whatever on Netflix, so mm. a little, little, little disappointed. Still could. Still could. That's true. That's true. Um, Kingsman News. Uh, there's going to be a spinoff prequel that takes place in the early part of the 20th century called Kingsman, the great game. There's <laughs> going to be a third movie sticking along with Eggsy and Harry. And there's going to be an eight hour TV series. What? And there's also going to be the Statesman spinoff. Where in the United States? Yeah. <laughs> what? That was announced early on. When, yeah, no, I no, I'd never heard of any of this. this is yeah, a- the Statesman thing was a was an early idea, which is why it was introduced. Because the Statesman, I don't think is in the comics. I'm almost positive it's not in the comics because the comics end at that first movie. 
Like it's all that. I mean, there's, you know, it's long. It's a, it's like a six issue series, but that's condensed into that movie. Right. Um, so everything that happens in Statesman two, there's a couple things like Elton John was a big part of the first in the comics. And, you know, he finally gets put into Statesman two or uh, Kingsman two. Um, so like there's little pickings from the first comic series, but pretty much it's an original concept that was not seen in comic book form. So the Statesman, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, you know, listeners, um, I think was just originally made for that movie. And at that time, I remember reading something with Matthew Vaughn saying it could be a, a spinoff. Interesting. Um, so it's a lot, you know, I didn't think that Kingsman 2 made that much money, but I also know that Matthew Vaughn shoots things really cheap. So maybe it made enough money to say, okay, this is a continuing franchise not even sequels but i mean that that is a franchise you know that's star wars levels not star wars levels, but you know what i mean yeah. what, no, do you, what do you think about this yeah that's 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 crazy to me uh you know here again kingsman three is kind of surprising too i mean king's number two didn't do as well i didn't even see two yet i need to watch it um yeah i just i'm sorry just the numbers real quick yeah Production budget for Kingsman Two was 104 million. It made 410 million worldwide. So that's, that's why. That's, that's how you do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's how you do it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a success. Yep. Yep. Um, which is also, you need to watch the second one. I've seen it a couple times now. It's very good. But like, I can't believe how cheap they do this. Like the first movie cost 81 million, and it made 414 million worldwide. That's impressive. So people are in the Kingsman business. Yeah, because those movies look so good. They like, do. And the they, second one, you can see the $20 million budget. Like they expanded the shit out of that world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right. So video game news. Uh, E3 is fast approaching. So we will. Next weekend. Yes, so we'll be getting plenty of video game news incoming, uh, so stay tuned for that on our probably our E3 episode. That'll be a... I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah let's, like let's, let's plan that soon. Uh, but first up, little teases in advance of E3. We know that anything that's teased now will be covered heavily during the show. So uh, Bethesda teased a new Fallout game. Uh, we got a trailer for it it's called Fallout 76. It's rumored to be an online survival RPG. Uh, so not a full Fallout release, like kind of like what they did with New Vegas, uh, the in-between game while they developed the next big one. There's not much detail on it right now. Let me ask you, when you, when you say online survival RPG, is that like Elder Scrolls Online? I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, I don't know what a survival RPG is. It's well, just... I mean, because those are survival RPGs, even though... Uh, Elder Scrolls is an MMO, technically. Elder Scrolls is an MMO. Yes. Kind what this... Of... No, Elder, the, that Elder Scrolls game is more MMO. I think this one is going to be... There was another game recently announced that was similar to um, to this, and I can't I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think it was that new Metal Metal Gear Solid game. 
something similar to that where it's like RPG elements, but then it's an it's like an online shooter. You can play with your friends. Uh, so who knows? Uh, since Fallout is very uh, it's it's a single player game. This is actually kind of exciting to see them take this online um, and give you the ability to play in the Fallout world with your friends. So I'm kind of excited to see where this goes because I would like to see them do a Fallout MMO, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I never played one Fallout game, so. You need right, to do, do yourself a favor. I know. Yeah. Add it to the list. All right. What's next? Uh, Capcom registered a domain name for Devil May Cry 5. So uh, it looks like we're going to be getting an announcement on that game soon. That's a classic definitely are one of our favorites in the in the grand scheme of things so what do you think doesn't surprise me long overdue yeah. uh devil may cry 4 is sweet i love all of them honestly it's just a good format they do the same thing with a uh, bayonetta that kind of air juggle shooting different weapons it's like a mix of i guess it's almost like a mix of like a classic capcom game like a castlevania or something mixed with um, God of War as far as like the fighting style goes. So adding in the guns is always good. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. I love those games. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, who knows what else is coming out of this show. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, this week we got announcements of the Red Dead Redemption 2 Ultimate Packs. So we get what is it? Three different Three different versions of the game you can get. The ultimate version, of course, coming with a swag, including like a bandana, no statue, unfortunately. It's 200 You know what? For that price, I don't think that... To be honest, guys, go take a look at that. the sets when you can. I don't feel like the ultimate set's really worth it. Uh, that middle set with all the digital content is decent. So I I don't know what to tell you. Whatever, you guys, your, your level of video game collectingness... Uh, this this ultimate set didn't impress me. Yeah, you know, I guess when I first talked to you, I thought it was ninety nine, and then it was it was not. It was one ninety nine. I can't believe it's one ninety nine. Not for not without a statue. Like you just you have to have something. Like I'm not gonna wear a bandana around my house. I'm not gonna display the map. Not you know, a red not... one. A red one's like like gang related. <laughs> <laughs> right. You Walk down the wrong streets of L.A. You're done. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just, not 199 without a statue. Like, with a statue, I can justify it, but, yeah. What Same thing it? with, like, that Spider-Man set. It's like... Uh, what is in that one? Well, they're actually doing something weird where, like, with that new Spider-Man game for Sony, like, you can actually buy stuff from Best Buy that are not in the set. Like, you would buy, like, pieces, like, statue pieces and stuff, so... They're almost like selling it like individually, like parts of it, or you can buy the whole thing together. But you do get a statue and you get some other stuff. I don't know. Anywho, I'm buying Red Dead Redemption Two, sight unseen. Don't ever need to see a trailer. You could have just announced the title and everyone would buy it anyway. So I'm excited to get that game. I just don't know what version yet that I'm going to do. I just don't understand these pricings. Yeah. Anyway, what's next? Uh, we're going to get into some Star Wars news. Um, so, Solo, we didn't really get... We're supposed to record this episode a little bit earlier in the week. 
since now we're in the third weekend of Solo, I went to see Solo the second weekend, and I loved it even more. Um, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, I don't... If you're a Star Wars fan, please go see this movie. Stop being a hater. Go have some fun in your life. If you don't like fun and you don't like this movie, it's time to get off the train, buddy. So, uh, sales are still down. It's going to possibly lose $50 million. (laughs) That's a lot of money. So, um, whether or not Disney needs to reassess, air quotes, reassess what they're doing, I don't think so. They have to take... There's failures everywhere. You know, you got to take a... You got to take a hit. At least you're taking a hit with a film that was good. And I'm sorry that the people didn't want to go see it. I'm sorry that there's such a toxic fan base. But like I said, it's uh, this might be that point where people decide it's it, never mind. People are never going to decide that they don't like Star Wars. But I, I don't even know what to say anymore. And especially since we're going to talk about the Kelly Marie Tran thing, um, I'm getting kind of sick of this this fan base. Yeah, it's um, embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be a, be a Star Wars fan when this kind of shit's going on. When a small a small portion of it is making it terrible, not just for us as fans, but for the actors who are just being paid to play these parts. They're not really the characters. Wake up, people! Regarding the Han Solo thing, <laughs> it sucks. Um, they can take a hit. They can afford to take a hit. They I already made feel- their money back. <laughs> You know, have they? They made that four billion back. Oh, that yes. I mean, not on this movie. They mold Star Wars straight out. I understand that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This it's a shame because it's it's a good movie in my opinion. Kelly Marine Tran quitting. um, So plays Rose Tycho quit the internet basically um, because of fans harassing her for the last five months regarding her role as a character in a movie. You know what I mean? Like, does everyone who plays Hitler get harassed like this? I mean, it's a role. So the Star Wars fan base has become... Uh, can I say t- something? Can yeah. I say something before you go on? Because I, I just want to address what you just said. And this is the important part, because both Tran and Daisy really have left social media. Now, have Mark Hamill, Adam Driver... Any of these males, have they been forced off? No. So let's address that as well. That's that please is a good point. Yeah. No, I guess it, it is specifically the female it's disgusting. Female uh actors. It is. Um it makes you almost not want to say you're a Star Wars fan because it's associated with this negative connotation. And the fact of the matter is it's it's not real people and i understand the franchise mean a lot to you it means a lot to us but it's not real and these characters are characters and it's a real shame so i uh you know i wish all the best to these actresses and i just hope that other female actresses stepping into the role don't get as harassed like jen urso apparently nobody cared about (laughs) felicity jones didn't get harassed thank god it's just it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's just, it's exhausting. It's just, it's, it, it hurts because you know what? If you can't find 
enjoyment in this, then just please move on. Like you don't have to sit there in your basement and and just continue to be a keyboard warrior and just be an asshole about it. So because what you're coming off is is just a disgusting human being. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you know what? It's it, that's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, so you finished the uh, last shot this week. I did. And I am going to be starting it because I'll be doing some traveling for the next month. So I'm excited for that. So how do you rate it? Um, Am I rating it against everything else or just how is it like out of a hundred? Yeah, just, just, just how it is. Um, high nineties. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, and the Star Wars books have been good lately. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of New Dawn. I, maybe I need to go back and listen to it. Like, I was reading it, and I, I couldn't get into it. But I listen to these Star Wars books, and I will tell you right now that that adds such a level of awesomeness to it because, um, because of the fact that it sounds like a Star Wars movie. That's what it is. It's a radio drama. It's got the music. It's got the sound effects. It's got different voices. Like it sounds like I'm watching a Star Wars movie. So um, that's to me helps. So maybe I'll go back to New Dawn and the stupid Luke book and uh, <laughs> try to get into them. Yeah, go enjoy that Luke book. Uh, I had a lot of fun reading that book, um, and I sh- and you and I shared a lot of the same kind of things with Lost Stars that annoyed us. So, but I love Lost Stars, right? But we also are annoyed by the same thing. So, please do yourself a favor, finish the Luke book, and then we can talk about it at last. We can do a Star Wars book we podcast. Can. We can because I owe you some books, you owe me some books. So let's just let's do that this summer. All right. Yeah. Um, but anywho, regarding last shot, uh, Mark Thompson, who is the voice on a lot of these Star Wars books. Kills it. I mean, the dude sounds like Billy D. Williams. He, his Han's a little gruff, and that's okay, but he sounds like Billy D. Williams. He does a very good job. And the new characters that are introduced are a lot of fun. The bad guy, Fison Gore, is a very cool bad guy with a really good motivation. And honestly, this book helped me like Han Solo more, the movie, the, or Solo. Um, really? Just, yeah, because you get more backstory on L3 as well and her relationship with... Um, with Lando and they make her character do, I I can't say it redeems what happens to her in solo because it's, it happened. She's forever stuck inside of the matrix of the Han Solo, even though it's absolutely against all of her intentions as a droid, but they do something with her character um, because she's dead in this book. I mean, it takes place two years Ben Solo is two years old, so however many years it is after uh, Return of the Jedi. So well, the character is long gone. Can I ask a, care- a question about it, though? It, that's the overarching thing, and then it takes place around the time of Solo. So it, it takes place in two different time periods? Three. Three. <laughs> right, because it, it covers Lando, Han, and then, the, and then post. La- Lando and Han... How do I figure this out? Lando before Solo. Solo after Solo because he has the Millennium Falcon. And then two years as Ben Solo is alive. So 
Interesting. Uh, Sana is in it a lot. I knew that. Yes. Um, that was my. Then, that was the redeeming thing for not being in the movie. Yeah, and then uh, a lot of, and then all the backstory with with um, Lando is with L three. Um, and I wonder. This, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said I was. I, I just. I was wondering how this ties into that new Lando comic as well, since that's that's a prequel. The new Lando comic. The new. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, no, me neither. So very L two centric. They said L three. L3, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's, uh, it's good. It's, it's, it's just a good comic. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun sequences, and you feel... That was one of the things with these, some of these early comics is that I didn't feel like I was in Star Wars. I didn't feel like they got the characters' voices right, but they did. There's some weird things in this comic, but I let it go. Like, there's some weird, like... I can't say pop culture references, but pop culture isms that they say that I'm like, well, they don't say that in star Wars. Like my bad, you know, just like little things like that, that like you don't hear in a star Wars movie. (laughs) So, but it didn't, again, it it really didn't take away from it. It, It's still a really fun book. Read it. Looking forward to it. Okay. I think it's the time for the pursuit of plastic. SDCC San Diego Comic-Con is on its way this July. And as usual, we're getting the reveals of all the awesome exclusives and whatnot coming to the big show. Things that we'll never get our hands on. Uh, Things that I've given up even trying to get my hands on uh, because of of scalpers, toxic fan base as usual. So uh, let's, let's get into it. We knew Dr. Aphra, our, one of our favorite Star Wars characters that rooted out of the comic, the new comic series, uh, originally Darth the Darth Vader one from Kieran Gillian, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Not the actress. That's Karen Gillian. This is Kieran Gillian. But yeah, I know. I get it. I always do the same thing. Um, so Dr. Aphra was getting a single release figure as the 4-inch, 3.75-inch, whatever you want to call them, uh, the new vintage collection. For SDCC, Hasbro is doing a three-pack with her two killer droids, 3-0 and B2. B2. BT. 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 And um, I'm very, very angry that I probably won't be getting my hands on this set. Uh, though, I will hold out hope that I'll get a six-inch that will go with our uh, our Kotobukiya <laughs> statues that we picked up at Celebration. So here's hope. Here's hope. Yeah, that's the only thing is like because I have the Kotobukiya or whatever the hell it is. Um, because I have that, I'm like super mad that I don't have this accessory to go along with it. So hopefully, some point we'll figure it out. We'll do it, but damn you, San Diego Comic Con. Hasbro also does do post releases, so there is a chance. I'm saying there is a chance. Uh, Neca. Unleashed their pre-sale this week uh, after a week or so of announcements and teases, and the biggest thing were the uh, the Ninja Turtle movie six-inch figures. So they had done the big ones 
the big scale, the quarter scale for all of them. And then they decided to do a box set for the four brothers uh, for San Diego. And as usual, that's the only place that they can sell six inch Ninja Turtle figures, whether it's uh, comic or movie or video game versions or whatever. Um, unfortunately, it's the only outlet they can sell these figures at. And of course, sold out day one of the sale and plenty of plenty of problems going around with it being in the cart and being removed at checkout and stuff that NECA needs to really iron out that pisses their uh, fan base off. But we'll see. We'll see. My question was, so that is the only place they're legal. Is it legal? Like, what's the deal? It's a licensing thing, I think, with Playmates uh, for some reason. I think that's what it has to do with. Okay. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, if I go to RetroCon and they do their... um... They do their NECA basically like half off all the figures. They do like a warehouse sale. I was wondering if I'm going to be able to get it there. I know I'll be able to get it from a scalper there because yeah. they'll be re- they were selling those NES uh, versions last year. But um, that's so I, you know I want the I want all of them. I want the very big versions. I want the very small versions. Someday. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. yeah. Hey, right, what's next? I, I just don't even want to cry it's, about it. Anymore. It's disappointing. Um, it's just uh, before we move on to the, the really good news of the day. Um, it's the same thing with like this Hawkins figure. Uh, I know that it'll get a, a full release later, but what figure? Hawkins, the Predator, the Shane Black figure. So oh. they made Hawkins, yeah, which is the first other guy they made for Dutch's crew. You know, so it's like people have been begging for this we will probably get a general release, but like like the year Newt was it. So Newt was released at SDCC because Randy Falk also says that women and children figures don't sell as well as like the men figure, whatever. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. But um, so then she got a wider release, but it was a two pack with Ripley. So um, it's frustrating it's, uh, without any kind of clarification. If we'll get this character later down the line, because like, completists and people who actually want that you know sets of like these human figures that we've been begging for you can't get your hands on them except from us like we said a scalper at say sixty dollars and i'm not paying sixty dollars for a for Shame a figure where <laughs> one eye is painted up one eye is painted down yeah that's you also know, true. I, you know it's it's i've become very frustrated with the quality control at NECA because it it really kind of started with that james camp figure you know like the out of the two that i ordered I sent you the better one, but the one I have is like, listen, guys, this is this is a this is an exclusive figure that you were only going to get at Toys R Us or through you, so you couldn't make sure that this was perfect, especially especially when you're paying that shipping price from NECA. I mean, I, I, I when I saw somebody paid like forty dollars plus for the Shane Black figure, it's just like, come on, guys, this, yeah. is, this is getting too much. Agreed. So. Um, that's my little rant. Uh, and good news for toy collectors out there. Mego is coming back. Uh, it's been announced that Mego will be making uh, eight-inch figures and more, and the reveal will be on June 16th. So uh, this week, this coming week, get ready for the return of Mego. Uh, I don't know what this is going to be like. Will it be 
will they will they be Migo? Will they be more stylized? Will it be more classically driven? I don't know. What do you think about this news? I, I've never been a big Migo fan, to be honest with you. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I just don't like the way they look. Um, like if I like if I get clothing on my action figures, I want it to be like Mesco's clothing. You know, that's what I'm saying. Are they going to make a line that can compete with this, or is it going to be <sighs> no? Because why would you? You play off the nostalgia. But like DST did such a good job with. Okay, so let me back up. DST did a really good job with like their cap and NECA and NECA. Which one did NECA do? Like the Home the Alone cool. stuff and like that kind of stuff. That Snake Plissken I have. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are those are good figures. Uh, Mattel did them. They did kind of a Meagle line. Uh, so I mean, these figures have been floating around for the last since since Meagle went bye bye. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess it really depends on what they come out of the gate swinging. But it's like if if um, DST does, they already have like Thor, Cap, Wolverine, Spider Man, and I like all of them. Huh? That Punisher. Oh, Punisher. Yeah, and I like all of those. Like, what are you what are you coming out with that's going to be different? What do you get like in a world of Funkos and DSTs and Neca's? What do you have? It's it's a hard landscape. For sure. So, you know, Mayfax, like Bandai, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Tamashi, you know, like, how do you do all this stuff? I, I, I pose the same question almost every day to myself because I, I'm like, they come, they come out with every week something new and a company's rolling out a new, a new look, a new final figure, a new line, whatever, but people are buying it up. If, it's, it. if it has Funko on the name, the yeah. market is there from a five dollar figure to a thousand dollar figure. Right, At every level there's a toy collector. I guess I'm being small minded. No, I, no, I mean I think the same way, but then I just I, I think about the how Hot Toys pumps out figures and people buy them. You know what I mean? It's just like people have funds that are sometimes unlimited, and they have thousands of of one six scale figures in their house. So. True. All right. Yeah. True. So, Migo, joining the fray of an already oversaturated toy market. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, where can you find us? Uh, there's a new thing called the internet. Uh, and if you type in www.don'tforgetatowel.com, it'll take you to this really cool website. Uh, News, reviews, interviews, and more. Your daily source of geekliness. Also, we have some great social media going on on the Facebooks, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. And um, yeah, so writers, content creators, holler at us. Don't forget to tell one at gmail.com or any of the social medias that Chris just mentioned. Um, This is Casey saying, go read more comics. And this is Chris. We'll see you next time.